What's going on everybody, it's Rob here and I am very excited to tell you about today's episode with my buddy Bruce. Bruce is an up and coming comedian in the local Ann Arbor area and I was dying to get him on to kind of get like an insight as to how you can have fucked up so much in your life and I know from my own experience but then go up and tell jokes about it and be judged and mocked face to face with it right then and there and how that just sounds like a a therapeutic hell to me um but i needed to know kind of what his what his mindset looked like so we went to the local ann arbor comedy club and sat down on stage and had this conversation so i want everybody to reach out to him online show him some love show me some love online at i am rob childs pretty much everywhere you can find it and check out some more of the interviews. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you guys get into this one. So this is going to be my buddy Bruce. See ya! Listening to the best goddamn podcast available with your host Rob Childs. Damn, those stage lights are bright. Oh, they are, dude. I, the first time I came on like an actual stand-up stage was at the showcase, and the lights were so bright, and I was so drunk and stoned. I was like, I can't look up there. Yeah. So I looked down the whole time, and I did my set, and it was going well. But you're in the middle of these two lights. Mm -hmm. There's a blue light that comes on. It was red back then. Anyway, that comes on. It lets you know you have one minute. And at five minutes, like you better be the fuck off stage. Yeah. So I'm looking down. I don't see that light. And the light's blinking, telling me to get off the stage. And I'm just keep on going. So they brought down the whole house lights and were like, get off the stage. I was like, oh shit. And then <laughs> I was like banned for like six months from coming no, back. No shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I've always wanted to know, like, I feel like in doing a lot of, like, NA, like, speeches and stuff like that, or speaking in front of groups of, like, for the hospital or first class or whatever, mm -hmm. I always thought I could get up here and just start spitting fire. Like, everything <laughs> yeah. that I say is gonna land, you know, like, because I'm hilarious when it's just, like, two people in a car. Yep. But when it's up here, I can definitely tell. I mean, there's nobody out here, but it's just us and a couple cameras. But, like, it, it's different up here. Well, it's different because it's, it's strictly you talking, so there's no bouncing back. Sometimes we're really funny because... I say something, then you say something, and I say something funny off of what you just said. Yeah. And it's like, damn, that's really funny because we're, we have repartee. We're going back and forth. Yeah. And, and so when you're on stage alone, you have to hit all those beats to get to that point by yourself. So you got to build everything. You have to build What's all your that process up. like? As far as writing? Yeah. Um, dude, I go at it a, a lot of different ways. Um, some of it, I mean, just strictly like, I think that something is funny, so I, I write it out, just like full write it out, yeah. and and that never really does well for me. Just like just like you said, I'm like I'm writing, I'm like big laugh here, double yeah. big laugh here, and then I'll go do it on stage and just like sucks, just tank nothing, it. Just yeah, tank tanks. It. That sucks. And um, sometimes it's just uh, talking with people, mm -hmm. and something is funny. 
or there's a line and I'm like, that's funny. So I write it down and then I take that and I'll just kind of build off that. And really what it is for me is all these little pieces, I'll have these little pieces. This is funny. Some are bigger than others. And then how can I bring those together? Yeah. And then as you keep going to mics and you keep working the material, it grows, you find what works and you know, um, you're re you're restructuring the joke. Take this out. Put this here. Oh, actually, this joke from way over here. Let's put that in there. Yeah. And you find all these like connecting pieces, and through those connecting pieces, telling jokes in different ways, one lets you segue into things, and it also lets you know like as you're reading a crowd, you can you can tell like oh like at this point, talking about like a baby dick isn't gonna be funny so let's find the different version that sucks when baby dicks are funny yeah dude i know they're hilarious um, and adorable <laughs> 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 it's, it kind of seems like you're you're trying to obtain these tools and then utilize them per joke almost kind of like in life mm. you know to where it's like we have met in a really shitty spot and i guess we should just kind of be more formal for a second oh, yeah. and uh in the fact that we met in in a rehab and yeah. and shit was not going very well for us and what i, I meant and what i meant by that analogy is is it's like since then we've had to take these tools and then try to use them in our lives to make our lives better and different than how they used to be and it kind of seems like that's how you build a joke too is you see what works here what doesn't work here mm -hmm. and unfortunately we have to play that game in life you know and like relationships and with our family with friends and and whatever encompasses that and so let's kind of like slow down a little bit and back up and kind of start with where you're originally from and kind of how we got to this point so I mean I'm I'm originally from uh, Ipsy Ypsilanti, Michigan, and uh, I spent a lot of time in Ipsy and Ann Arbor. So it's kind of back and forth. Mm -hmm. And um, in 2011, I really really wanted to do stand up. I've always loved stand up, and I just you know I'd watch it just over and over and study. I, I used to come to the comedy showcase open mic and just sit in the back and like take notes at like joke structure and yeah. like callbacks and like what are they doing oh, in this five minutes so you're breaking it down yeah breaking it oh, okay. down and i i just i really really wanted to do it but i didn't have the nerve and then one day um uh i was like i was working at a brewery and i was kind of doing this like working at the door and also this little apprenticeship thing and uh, i got a call and they were doing a christmas talent show and they were like we want someone to do stand-up will you do stand-up and i took that call and I wanted to say no out of fear. Mm -hmm. And I was like, opportunity is literally calling you. So it does not happen very often. Exactly. I was like, let's let, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I just started writing. I just yeah. started writing jokes and jokes and jokes. And I wrote like 10, 12 minutes of material. I did it. It it went well. And I was like, I want to do it again. So I came to the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase for my first open mic. I mean, it the my jokes went well, my performance really I mean, it was, you know, my first time performing, that's, that's whatever, but yeah. like I, I was saying with the light, you know, and then it was just open mics, man. I was just doing open mics and then finally started, you know, getting shows, uh, independent shows. I started some of my own shows and everything was, uh, it was just moving along. I was having a good time. And then in 2013, I started my own, 
business as a commercial painter. And um, as you know, man, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes up a lot of time, especially, you know, from starting from the ground up with uh, nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. It was just me, my homeboy, paint equipment in a van. And, um, and we started building it up, and we were doing great. And comedy kind of went down, and the drinking and the drugs went way fucking up real fast. And, you know, I had always had, a like, you know, a problem with drinking. It wasn't a problem for me. It's how I like to live. Yeah. But it progressed so much that it, it got to this point where I hated myself. I hated my life so much and the drinking was the only thing that would get me out of bed and finally i reached this point where my life was completely unmanageable i couldn't i could not function without a serious amount of hard liquor in my body so what's a serious amount because i i've heard you know like for me <laughs> for me it wasn't anything to get like a fifth in before noon you know I, yeah. but i i've heard half gallons to, you know like the handles of people needing to have before 12 o'clock you know just to function yeah i was i was definitely a half gallon a day drinker okay um if i could get a pint in before 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning then i was good to drive and uh and i'd go i'd go about my day um i'd be a fifth down by noon and then um probably another pint maybe a pint and a few beers then kind of be done with work as far as like the nine to five business right. hour we'd still be working and then once that time frame went then i just i just i just went crazy so it was a half gallon for sure and then of course there's going to be a couple beers and a little extra right, things right. here or there and that was it i mean and and i'm talking like years you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's just how i lived um for years and because of that, like once once everything had kind of crashed down, like uh, everything was bad, you know. Intervention, it's like uh, I need to take this, like get get sober shit seriously. That's when, at that moment, that's when you and I crossed paths because mm -hmm. I came into um, detox detox center here in Ann Arbor, and I mean so drunk and so so much just shit in my system because i never i I, ne I never went to treatment sober right like that that's that's a waste like if yeah. i'm going to get sober i'm gonna go in there like as a prime fucking star dude like i would be a prime pupil yeah dude i remember one time i went to a treatment in in florida i'm flying on a plane i'm getting fucked up man i'm taking pills i'm eating edibles I like in between flights, man, I'm like coming in and out. I'm like trying to show like, you know, families like card tricks. I'm doing like, oh, is this your card? And all this type of shit. And like dads are like, this guy is cool. And the moms are like, get the kids away from this fucking guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I remember this, this car service picked me up one time and they were taking me to this treatment facility. And I did the, uh, uh, the Goodfellas shit. I got in there and I, I had a little a little shooter and I grabbed it and I took the shot. I was like, ah. it's like, all right, take me to rehab. <laughs> and like, you know, we we drove off. And so when I came in this time, I mean, again, I mean, wasted. You know, for sure, psychedelics, marijuana, probably a couple pills, and um, they had to send me to the hospital. My blood alcohol level was a point five six. 
Like, <laughs> you're just trying was, to go into rehab dead. Yeah, that's and, the goal. But yeah. it, and and the fucked up thing, dude. The fucked up thing about it all is like, that's just. Um, that was your baseline. That was normal. Like to get to like point a little past point three, I was like, now we're partying. So once you got to point five, like that was like being fucked up. Yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, like we have to get you to a hospital right now. They called an ambulance. I'm saying I'm not going to the ambulance. Fucking cops come. I'm fucking fighting with the cops. Like I forgot exactly how they, they, I, I went in the ambulance. I think, I think we talked, I was like, just don't strap me into the, onto the gurney. Just let me at least have my arms. And they're like, all right. So I go in there and it's horrible. I'm there for uh, two days or whatever. Um, I come back to the, the treatment center and uh, I'm sleeping. And then like the third or fourth day, they're going to play dodgeball. And uh, I'm like, all right, I, I need to get up. I need to move, get out in the sun. Um, so let's do it. So I go out there. Wait, did I say dodgeball? Kickball. Kickball. We're yep. playing kickball. Um, so I'm at uh, first base, mm-hmm. and the game's going on, and something doesn't feel right. Something is different than a normal detox. And I go and walk to, uh, to the bench, to the dugout, and as soon as I crossed it, like that's when I, I clicked out. I don't remember anything, but what I was told by many people, <laughs> including yourself, is that uh, I grabbed that chain link fence and I started seizing up. I mm-hmm. started having this alcoholic seizure because my body was so, every cell was used to being drenched. And now I am for the first time in years at a point zero. And my body fucking didn't know what yeah. to do. So I, I seized up, but as I'm seizing up, shaking this fence, uh, my team is in the infield, and they think I'm rallying them on. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. thought you were trying like, to pump. Because that's, that's what you were doing, like, the whole time, though. Is yeah. you, you were being the loud big guy trying to get everybody going. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, they're like, yeah, Bruce is right. You know, let's get this out. And meanwhile, I mean, I'm seizing up. And then it, and then it got real when I, I let go. I fell back. Yeah. My head hit that concrete and yeah. just split wide open. It sounded like a uh, beer bottle on concrete, mm-hmm. you know. Well, on, I, I was a walking cool. beer bottle for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We both of us were not healthy back then. No. It's it's a crazy experience having to go through rehab. There's a lot of shame and guilt that I experienced doing it, and almost like well, fuck, I got to go do this now, you know. And uh, but in reality, there's a lot of strength that comes in going and. And changing your life and admitting that you have a problem so I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that Thanks, and, for, and for getting through that and uh oddly i'm glad that i was there it, it seemed like a lot of people they were afraid like they didn't know what to do because your your head split like mm-hmm. there was blood everywhere and for me i was just so used to, to seeing violent shit that i was just like oh all right well like just make sure he doesn't bleed out and, you know, like yeah. keep him on his side. And then the ambulance gets there and, like, you know, they take over and everything. But we had to do, like, uh, trauma therapy at, at, <laughs> yeah, our, at our center. That's, yeah, that's they right. had people coming in, you know, being like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They, just, <laughs> they told me about that. I was like, they had to have special groups mm-hmm. because of that. And they're like, dude, it was a fucking scene. Yeah. And when I got out of detox and went to treatment, I, you know, you're going to meetings every day. And people, you could, you know, when somebody's like, you know, mm-hmm. talking about you like that, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And people will come up, you included, and you're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, 
yeah. good. Like, how are you? Who, who are you? And yeah. he, like, he was like, dude, you, you fucking ruined my shirt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wrapped your bleeding head. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, because people saw that and remembered it. And I, I mean, I have no memory of it. I remember right. walking into the dugout and then being on a gurney. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to tell him, like, I'm good. Please, again, don't send me to the hospital. I was yeah. so sick and tired of being hospitalized. Yeah. The hospitalized, it, it sucks. You know, with my upcoming surgery, I'm terrified of going. You're mm -hmm. just going to get cattled in, and you become a number, and mm -hmm. then it's like putting you through all these checkpoints and everything. And so that's not something I like to do. But there is this yeah. weird parallel that I, I've noticed with fucking comedians and alcohol and drugs. Like, you cannot get away from it. Some of mm -hmm. my favorite comedians, like my all-time, like Chris Farley. Yeah. For me, Chris Farley was the guy. He was, he was everything. You know, like I grew up as a chubby dude, and watching, you know, like Black Sheep and like all of his Best. shit. It's like the stuff the he did with David Spade. It's just legendary. Sure, and yeah. then you find out how depressed he is. You know, Robin mm -hmm. Williams is mm -hmm. another one. He did that movie to where he, his son hung himself. You know, like accidentally through like some fucked up masturbation styles. That's what's up. But that's some real shit that you have to have gone through some stuff in life to be able to make a career out of that and then be able to turn those dark spots around but lay it on them and make them funny yeah because that's that's what a lot of comedy is is it's laughing at ourselves. so how are you able to take your traumatic past and all the fucked up shit even if like you never did anything too fucked up like there's embarrassing things that you've done that you've mm -hmm. had to live with how do you take that and then put it into your comedy and build it into into positivity and laughter? Um, honestly, dude, it's it's pretty difficult to do. Because um, first and foremost, when when you and I are talking, we come from a different walk of life. We've we've seen things that mm -hmm. most normal people have, and so what is like cool with us is different than normal people. So yeah, when like baby I, dicks and stuff. Yeah, but also like when, but like this like traumatic shit. Like there's sometimes when I tell that, um, uh, you know the the seizure story, mm -hmm. the, the kickball story, uh, people are concerned. Yeah, they're saddened by the story, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, sometimes you, you have to let them know, like, this is something that happened, and I'm okay with it, and I'm playing around with it. This is silly and fun to me now because I'm here right now. I'm on this stage. I'm alive. Like, everything's okay. I got through this thing. Yeah. So trying to turn these um, wild, horrific things into something relatable um, becomes a challenge, and I found that kind of toning them down and not going specific into detail and looking at some just uh, overlying themes more of like oh when i when i drink like things go bad uh and not getting specific as into um i am i'm usually uh, picked up by the police i wake up in hospitals people don't know where i am um, I, I lose large amounts of money when I go out because I black out for days and then wake up somewhere, yeah. you know? So for people that have lived that life, we find it humorous, but other people, it's sad. So if you don't go into those exact details with, with a general audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Because I'll, I'll, I'll be at an AA meeting and fucking kill. 
Oh, well, that's a I'll room full of fucked up people. I'll light the room on fire, and I'll be like, that's funny. Write that down. So I write this story down. I'm like, okay, cool. I got that story. And then I'll come and tell it on a stage, and you just see people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, sorry, okay. Yeah, so I wanted to get into that. I hope that we had kind of taken that turn because um, I don't know how to put Ann Arbor is... Very soft fucking city. And it's, mm. I feel like this is where all the Karens nest, you know, sure. like, and so it's, and, and I, I do mean that offensively. Um, and that's all on me that <laughs> doesn't represent anybody else. That's me. Um, I've been to this comedy um, place before. I've seen shows here and I've seen comedians have to tiptoe. Mm-hmm. And what they say to whereas I go out to Detroit and I see Mike Ishak, yeah, don't give a fuck. Not a fuck. How do you play that? Because I feel like you could be on the edge of your side, but you have to know your audience and like what story may not kill here. You go to the city and that that could destroy. You know what I mean? Um, so a lot. Uh, there's writing in stand up. Um, there's a lot of that, and there's very specific uh, cadences and timing and tone, but uh, the way that you deliver something can make something very dark become lighthearted. So I'm this I'm this big guy on stage, and I I'll have these these dark themes and this dark subject matter, but I tell it very silly, and you use you know upward inflections and this that and the other Mm -hmm. and you try to make it in a way for me i try to make it in a way of um somewhat cute you know what i mean where it's 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 uh what's the word unalarming deep like i i I remove any type of threat yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'm gonna hit this really quick just because i know it's coming up and i'm not trying to fuck this up there we go yeah i uh I know, I know exactly what you're trying to say. I'm you keep it, you, you keep it moving. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if if so, it exaggerated, there's there's like this smoke and mirror type shit. So you kind of, again, you you have to feel it out and know what to do it. And then also, when something fucking fails and doesn't hit, we need to acknowledge that. Yeah. So now I have a moment to be like, well, that didn't work. And then we could, hopefully there's something that happened previous that we can reference to. Um, something to pull from and have these kind of crowd work moments that get us out of the awkwardness of, I just tried to be funny and failed. You all saw it and we all <laughs> felt it. So yeah. let's acknowledge what just happened, try to make silly, <laughs> move and then slide into something else. Because it uh, the, the cringe factor of telling a joke and it not hitting, and then just going, so anyway, I was... Yeah. at my grandma's last week and just like moving on it's like no nah, buddy you're not convincing right now yeah you know you need to create this uh this narrative that so like, with like flopped jokes or failed jokes, i don't even know if they're failed they're just not completely worked out yet it is it well i mean some of them aren't worked out sometimes sometimes dude jokes just don't fucking hit it's so subjective because i i'll tell a joke for a fucking week mm-hmm. right i'll go to three four open mics i'm like dude this joke every time boom fucking killing and then I'll go to my weekend shows, and I'm like, I'm ready to bring the heat. And I'll tell it, 
and it fucking fails. And then it'll fail for another week and a half. And it's like, I know this joke is funny. Why isn't it hitting? And sometimes it's just like that. So how do you, I think for me, the biggest fear of getting up here and for most people is a lack of confidence. You have to Mm -hmm. really be confident what you're doing to get up here because that guy, that guy, that lady, and that guy could all just boo you at the same time, can turn (laughs) a crowd, and now it's just you up here and you just flopped. That's every comedian's worst fear, but it's also what prevents most people from coming up here. Mm -hmm. You have had some moments in your life that you're not proud of, that you failed at, and that you've had to face the music. How do you separate those? Or do you attack them as the same thing and move on? Dude, it's... <clears throat> it's all about fucking self-delusion, right? Explain that. So you're in constant denial when you're using, right? Yeah. Everything's good. I'm under control. This is fine. Yeah, everybody else just has a problem with me. Yeah, yeah. It's the world. They don't know how to react. I was born at the wrong minute. Like yep. all this, all this nonsense, right? And then coming into stand-up is kind of the same thing. Like I'm fucking funny. I'm fucking good. You got this. Let's go. Let's fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. This is. Do you sit in front of the mirror and do this? No, but it's it's like it's it's an unspoken thing. It's like, I know this is funny. Yeah. I know this is funny. And then you go up, and some people don't fucking think it's funny. And it goes maybe maybe you don't get it, you know. <laughs> and you just you just keep going. I mean, there's so many nights where you you come in and you bomb and you feel horrible about yourself. Yeah. You're like, why do I do this? Why do I spend so much time and energy traveling all this shit to go up to do five minutes in, in front of a crowd of fucking strangers and have them fucking validate me mm-hmm. and then drive home in the silence? Like, God, I can't believe I did that. Um, denial, man. You just fucking keep going on. You just keep going on because, because there's times when you go on stage and it clicks and there's a crowd that's into it and you guys are on the same wavelength and you just kind of bro the feeling is is out of this world it feels so fucking good it feels so good that that's why i keep going for it in the same way that it's like you use every day there's a lot of shitty days but there's that one day where the concoction is just right and you hit that sweet spot and you're like this is why (laughs) we do it yeah i was gonna say it sounds like you're trying to to hit that sweet spot and you're yeah you're just doing a nice little mixture of everything but what I mean, but one, but one of the, one of the cool things of tying like like uh, recovery and working this recovery program um, and this this kind of lifestyle uh, into stand up is now like I feel better about it because I don't need outside validation anymore. I don't need I don't I don't have such a big inflated ego where I'm trying to create a persona that that. I want this person to think of me this way, so I'm going to act in a certain way so that they feel mm-hmm. this thing. Um, I don't need this outside validation. Sometimes doing stand-up, we're out here, and it's like, you know, fucking love me, Dad. Like, that's that's yeah. why I'm out here. Like, give, give me attention, right? Um, now I do it because it's something that I love. It's something that, quite honestly, I just I can't stop doing, even though my brain tells me, like, this is kind of yeah. dumb. We could be focusing on other shit. So what work do you have to do to get there? Like, the... So everybody talks about working on themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and what does that work look like for you to be able mm. to have gotten here? Like the actual, like, you know, you went to AA and yeah. you're still an active member or, mm-hmm. and yeah. 
what other tools are you utilizing to be able to to have gotten to this point um i mean there's <clears throat> there's a lot of things with um from aa that are have been monumental in how i uh have changed myself and how I how I perceive the world now, um, and there's just a lot of a lot of stuff about um, killing um, my ego, understanding what an ego is, mm -hmm. and then trying to kill it. Um, One of the most painful deaths you'll ever experience. Yeah, and it's 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 a real trip, and it's something that I'm still kind of um, going through. But really, what what it comes down to is uh, this idea of um, self sacrifice and knowing that it's okay to do. I'm going to take some time off my life for me. I'm going to, I had a business. I am out of that business. I'm going to wash dishes now because I just need a simple job to come in, do this job. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm college educated. I have, I have two degrees and, and, and I'm washing dishes. I got to humble myself, dude. Yeah. I got to humble myself because with all that other shit that, all this stuff that I thought about me, hey, I'm this, I'm that, I have this. It brought me down to the bottom. Yeah. So here I am and I'm rebuilding myself. Stop playing a victim to the world. Stop putting my past shit on other people. Like, look, I have a role in everything that happens in my life. And things are just that. They are happening, they are not happening to me. I am not significant enough that the universe is trying to fuck with me directly. It's just something that happens. It's not good or bad, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And it takes a long time and a lot of repetition to kind of directly. It's just something that happens. It's not good or bad, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And it takes a long time and a lot of repetition to kind of start thinking this way. And, and really for me what happened is I would just kind of notice these little promises that are talked about. Just these things working out. Something that I thought was terribly wrong how can this be good? And then in a short amount of time, it reveals itself. Yeah. And, and that allowed me to realize I am not important. I am not the center of the universe. I am, I am, I'm not in control of, of, of everything. So now I can let go and all I have control over is my reaction to shit. So if I don't react poorly to an outside stimulus, I'm cool, man. That's a good spot to be. It's fucking nice, dude. It's it's so much easier. And it's not that it's easy, it's just easier yeah. than the way that I used to live. It's very freeing. Yeah, when I first got out here, uh, you know, like they tell you to, to get a sponsor. I didn't even know what a sponsor was. You mm -hmm. know, like I was, I, I had no clue about anything. And so I ended up getting a ride out with this guy, I won't mention his name, and everybody in the community knows who he is. He has this story of he used to be very successful and then he went to go work at a burger joint because he was going to jump off of the 94 bridge on his moped mm -hmm. and and kill himself yeah. you know and now he's a very successful person within the ann arbor community everybody goes to him he's a great person and i was just looking at him like dude you got a dope car mm -hmm. and i have nothing so like whatever you're doing is working mm -hmm. you know but i didn't believe him because i wanted it now you know oh for sure like yeah i was like all right cool so what do you what did you do you did this this and this like three days later like oh hey so i started a journal and i started praying and i called three people today fucking shit still sucks like yeah. you're either lying or it doesn't work you know so right. how are you able to 
to slow everything down and actually be able to humble yourself to take those jobs to be able to feed your the real passion of dude, your career i mean again dude a lot of trial and error once i started you know when i first tried to get sober i would i would quickly build my life back up mm -hmm. right i would start as a dishwasher and then i started at prep and then i was now i was the kitchen manager right um or a shift manager i would i would move up and i'd get a new title yeah um and i'd i'd make some more money and i'd get some scratch and i'd, I'd have these things and i'd be ready to make a move and it's like all right cool now i have i have money some money um I'm moving too quickly and I can't handle the pressure. The way that I deal with pressure is I use. I can go for as long as we want to go, as long as I can get fucked up. So once I start moving my life really quickly, I would drink again, I would use again, and it would all come crashing down. And I did this over and over and over and mm -hmm. over until finally I was like, that doesn't work. I need to chill out. So one of the I mean, you know, the, the pandemic, the pandemic was a tough time for everybody. A lot of people lost their lives, and I'm not trying to make light of that. But the pandemic was fucking dope for me. It was exactly what I needed because the world shut down and there was nothing to do. Mm -hmm. All I had to do was fucking stay sober for today and do the things that these people that had already done it before me, just do what they did. And it gave me the time to allow these things that they talk about, it doesn't happen. We're so used to instant gratification. Yeah. Here I am now. It happens that quickly. Yep. And that's what I'm used to. I want it fucking now. Yeah, I've tried explaining to people what TikTok is, and it's just like Coke. Oh, dude. You know, like, yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't like that? Oh, that's yeah. cool, that's cool, yeah. that's cool. Oh, not anymore. And yeah. that's Coke. Yeah. That is 100%. Your jaw starts moving while you're watching it. It's a good reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is, is everybody wants everything now. And that's a, a hard mentality to break. But I feel like there is some comfort in knowing that when you go slow, you know your foundation's solid. And, and that's what it was. It was building this foundation. Like, I took, I took a lot of time off of stand-up. I took, I took a lot of time off. Of, dude, I, I took a, a year of celibacy chosen and mm -hmm. it was fucking the first three months was terrible i was walking to work every day and i swear to god everybody in ann arbor was in love everybody was just fucking everybody having a good time and just lonely old fucking me walking <laughs> around in my black t-shirt like dude this is a fucking real bummer and then after three months somewhere uh within the fourth month like um i had acceptance of it mm -hmm. and i I just had this kind of like mental clarity. I was able to focus on these other things instead of being so brought down by this idea of like, oh, you got to go out, you know, I got to be the chick. She's going to make me feel good. I'm going to make her feel good. This gives me validation, all this shit. And like, it just, dude, it, it started this, this foundation of going to meetings, calling people, helping people step outside of myself. I'd go get people, talk to people at the treatment center or the detox. I'm like, oh, my life's so hard right now. And then you see a guy who like just literally lost everything. Mm -hmm. He got fired from his job. His wife left him. His kids won't talk to him. His fucking dog died. Um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. they fucking cut his foot off. His eyes fucking hanging out of his skull. He's like, yeah, I'm lucky to be alive. And it's like, wow, dude, I'm, yeah. do, I'm doing pretty fucking good today. Yeah. Like, I just bought a new TV. I'm pretty, <laughs> it's pretty dope right now. Yeah, I remember I went to a meeting and uh, I thought, you know, like this, 
like what the fuck is everybody doing you know like as soon as i got the rehab i was like all right this is like my class of people and mm-hmm. we're all just gonna like move through and graduate and, <laughs> yeah. you know like that's how it worked and that like you can become better and better and better and that's that's not it because mm-hmm. i remember going to this meeting and seeing this guy hobble up on a hit a cane one leg everybody knows who he is mm-hmm. and uh as soon as i tell like a little bit you'll realize but he woke up down south on this in a hospital because somebody left him on the railroad tracks mm. to where a train had ran his ass over mm-hmm. and he had a hatchet sticking out of his head you know and so when he's telling me the story i'm just like you are so full of shit but i can't prove it because you look like it you know you like look like you had a hatchet you yeah know. you look like you <laughs> look and you're, and you're missing a leg so yeah so everything's checking, checking out yeah. yeah it all checks out i'm just like whoa fuck i stubbed my toe today and that ruined my day you know and so there's definitely some humbling experiences of meeting these people and realizing that perspective that's yeah perspective and strength mm-hmm. that's another thing so where are you growing or where are you kind of cultivating your perspective and strength because you have a family mm-hmm. you have you have a lot of different hands in the fire you know that all require you to stay sober yeah if if you start drinking that's gone you know? all of it so how do you keep your perspective and your strength focused um uh, I I don't really like to talk about it too much but um I help others. I help others, man. I like to go out and do things. But I haven't seen a TikTok other. video of you doing it. So Yeah, without somebody filming. Yeah. And and the thing the thing is, dude, the thing is is when I go and to step outside of myself for me to do that and, and and get something that is that is beyond anything valuable, um, I can't profit from any of it. So I can't go do something and give of myself and make money from it. I can't go do something um, for myself and have somebody else know because all of a sudden what that is is that's feeding that's ego. That's my my motive is to like see me do this nice thing. Look mm-hmm. at me, see how dope I am. And that's me thinking about me. So when I stop thinking about me and do things for somebody else, I get so much more in return. Well, go a couple more minutes and then we'll shut this down. But uh, I do want to say that at one point in my life, um, I was living in a transitional house and I was going to hurt somebody if I stayed there. (laughs) Sure. Like, Like, when you live in transitional, it's a different experience. It's like a... A fraternity house of like the people that got kicked out of school and they have nowhere to go <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah and so like you're just shoved in there with like all these people i'm just like there's this one guy he just would not like his snoring like and i don't want to like whatever it was bad like mm-hmm. i ended up having to sleep out on the floor in the living room behind the couch because my other roommate would stay up to five in the morning playing video games. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting no sleep at all, having to work 12 to 13 hours a day at the hospital and be there at 5 a.m. And I, I just had to get the fuck out of there. But I didn't even have a car. I had mm-hmm. nothing. So I called you, and you were actually the person that helped me move. Mm-hmm. And you got me out. And I remember being like, can I give you any money for gas? And you would not take it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what can I do? And you were like, no, no, nothing. And then I like basically had to beg you and to allow me to let, or I bought you like a Snickers and a pack of cigarettes. Mm. 
That's but, a fucking yeah. that's a deal right there, dude. Yeah, that's a car ride, real good. a car ride for a pack of six uh, Snickers and cigarettes. But uh, yeah. that stuck with me for a very long time. Mm. I remember trying to utilize that because I've been trying to cultivate a new personality, and in doing that, it's like I have to find what other people like. It's like a fight, you know. Like I like your left check hook. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to do that. But I saw it live in person somebody willing to help me out expecting nothing in return and that's something that i wanted to keep for myself so i went out hunting for people and i ended up starting a charity event at the gym um like squat for mott and then we donated Mm. a bunch of toys from this little lifting event that we did to mott's charity at christmas time that's awesome so all of that stemmed from that one little thing that you did. So I wanted to thank you for that. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah, it's, it's just something I feel like, especially as men, we don't talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of looking each other in the eye, saying I love you, mm-hmm. being friendly, being cordial. Um, we have to constantly protect this ego, and I've never gotten that from you. So mm-hmm. that, that's been an amazing thing to, to see. I know we're not very close or whatever, but um, thank you for, for showing me an example of what to do. Um, so how do you plan on moving forward and what where does everything take you next like what's next for you aside from you need to start filming yourself helping people because (laughs) (laughs) that's just whatever i just wanted to let you know like (laughs) hey can i have a dollar you don't have a dollar well here's 500 yeah like well the first thing i gotta get 500 (laughs) dollars i gotta start there um what uh what's next i mean honestly dude to be honest, where I am in my life right now, um, I didn't plan a lot of this. It's not like a set plan. I write a lot of things down in pencil and I just keep trying to be positive and move forward with the best version of myself each and every day. And all of a sudden, if I keep like my mind eye, like if I keep that open, yeah. shit just kind of comes right in front of you. And you see it and you're like, oh, that's an opportunity. Yeah. Okay, let's go down this and see what happens. Yeah, there's a theory. It's like the uh, Tarzan theory. Mm. It's where you're in the jungle and whatever vine you see, you just grab it so you're not stuck in this one tree. And you just keep swinging until you grab the next vine. That's it. Even if it doesn't want to take you in a straight line of where you want to go, it's not where you were. That's it. Because every time that I, in my life, have created a plan, I'm doing A, B, C, and I will be at D. Mm-hmm. It has gone terribly fucking wrong. Yeah, it does not work that way. It does not. And, and so when I let go of this idea of complete control over something, and I just keep an open mind, and just like you said, man, that Tarzan thing, I'd never heard that before, but it's like you just start walking forward. Mm-hmm. Just keep fucking moving forward. You'll end up where you need to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think we will end it on that. Um, nice. But why don't we... There's a camera there. There's a camera there. Make sure this one's on because fucking better be. But uh, where can everybody find you to come check out your comedy uh, here in Ann Arbor or wherever you're doing shows at? um, You know, uh, best place would be to uh, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, Bruce Pych, P-Y-C-H, at uh, Spruce Rice. And from there, that's where I promote everything through my stories and my page and... uh, yeah, man. If you go there, you'll figure it out. I'll be at the Detroit House of Comedy 
hosting for Dave Smith um, this weekend. Next weekend, I'll be featuring for Josh Adams at the Independent Comedy Club, the 1st through the 4th. Um, I get to be a part of the Tree Town Comedy Festival here in Ann Arbor. So we're doing, we're doing shows um, here at this club, at the Blind Pig, at Bloom. Um, there's a Don't Tell show, which you don't know where it's going to be. It's mm -hmm. kind of a pop-up comedy show. Um, I'm going to Alaska to do stand-up in no April. Shit. So, you know, things things are happening, man. So if you go to Spruce Rice or Bruce Preich um, on Instagram, you can see the shows. Uh, come on up. Man. Sweet. All right, man. Well, it's been an honor talking to you. This place Thank is dope. You. Yeah, man. I'm and glad uh, this all worked out. I really, really appreciate um, you asking me. I don't know if we got anything from it. Hopefully it helps somebody. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Yeah, hopefully it does. So, all right, cool, man. I appreciate it so much, dude. Appreciate you, man. Yep, appreciate you. All right, man. That's it. Got it. So how was it? That was great. That was great. I have a good time. I really like the way that you... Um, I'm not too weird ask, when I talk. No, ask, ask your, your questions. You, you, you show that you're, you're listening, you relate to it, and then you use that to segue into your next question and it it's it's very um, we had 14,000 people on tiktok watching yeah, 14,000 shit yeah. that's awesome